My seven chakras. Wait for it. Two hundred. The feeling that cannot find its expression in tears may cause other organs to weep. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers, and could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My Seven Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. So, if you're going through a major life challenge right now and you're looking for actionable steps that you can take to change your life, then you are at the right place. Today's review is by a user named Eliza Wrights, who says this podcast has been a real bright spot for me this year, quite unexpectedly. The teachers highlighted come from a wide range of backgrounds and chakras are just one of the many topics presented. Aditya's questions are fast moving and well targeted and even when the topic isn't one I think I'll be drawn to, I almost always come away inspired by the person's story and happier for having listened. So Eliza, thank you so much for the review. Action Tribe, we received many reviews from people in the US, way more than reviews from the UK, India, Australia and Canada, which is my current home. So if you are from one of these locations, UK, India, Australia or Canada, now is your chance to make your presence felt and shine down some love on us. If you've never written a review before, it's super simple. If you're on your podcast app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then hit write a review. You can also use this link to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. Finally, each and every review counts because as you know, I read all of them. And with that, let's move on to our interview for today. I'm stoked to bring you our featured guest for today, Marissa Peer. So Marissa, are you ready to inspire? I'm absolutely ready to inspire, always. Wonderful. So Marissa Peer is a world-renowned speaker, rapid transformational therapy trainer, and best-selling author. She has nearly three decades of experience as a therapist and has been named Best British Therapist by Men's Health Magazine and featured in Tatler's Guide to Britain's 250 Best Doctors. Marissa uses her experience of treating clients, including rock stars, CEOs, elite Olympic athletes, royalty, and Oscar-winning actors to inform her life-changing speeches and lectures. She has been voted best speaker at numerous conferences, including the Mastermind Group London and the Women in Business Super Conference, Awesomeness Fest 2015, and the Royal Society of Medicine. In 2015, Marissa launched her Marissa Peer Method School, teaching her unique method for the first time to audiences in London, Canada, the U.S., and Australia. So Marissa, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to get started. Thank you. You're very welcome. Wonderful. So before we begin the interview, like always, let's begin with some inspiration. Let me ask you, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how does that apply to your day-to-day life? So my favorite quote is from a wonderful psychiatrist or Dr. Maudsley and his quote is a very old quote, but it says the feeling that cannot find its expression in tears may cause other organs to weep. 
And I really based my whole training around that. I see so many clients with depression or anxiety or lack of confidence, or they just can't get the success they want in business or relationships. And and so what I tend to do, which is a way of fast tracking people to fix them, is find out what these feelings are that are causing their organs to weep. Because I found that the presenting problem people bring in is very rarely the problem. And so I I base my whole concept on that. And I have so many clients who they just don't have a voice. They can't say what they want to say. And so they have all kinds of things like asthma or dermatitis or eczema, which is really not the issue at all. It's the underlying factor that the body is trying to express and that they cannot express and so that's what I work on fixing and it's incredibly transformational but I love that quote and I love it too quite honestly I haven't heard this quote before but it's so beautiful and so eloquent the feeling that cannot find its expression in tears may cause other organs to weep thanks for sharing that you're very welcome and with that let's begin uh, Marissa what inspired you to create the uncompromised life what inspired me to create that is that I'm I've seen some very very good courses but I noticed that people tend to say okay here's a course in business development or here's Mm -hmm. a course in relationship development or here's a course designed to give you a great body and I thought why not give you a course that gives you everything all at the same time because everyone says you can't have it all you absolutely can I'm living proof of that I didn't start out like that and I, I have many clients who absolutely have it all I equally have many clients who when they have it all have to go into immediate sabotage and then I have a mm-hmm. third group of clients who have this belief nobody can have it all something has to give if you have a great business your relationship will suffer blah blah and so I started to look at my clients who absolutely had everything including great happiness I mean having it all doesn't mean having loads of money and a beautiful house and a partner and children if you can't enjoy it having it all of course means enjoying it and of course sharing it so having studied intently my niche clients who had everything a beautiful long-lasting marriage wonderful children amazing health fit body a self-respect eat right and financial abundance too I looked at what they did and how they thought and that really is the basis of uncompromised life it was to show you look this is what they do many of them do it naturally some had to learn to do it but whether it's natural or unnatural you can do exactly the same thing and then you too can have the success that they have and it's been phenomenally successful people write to me all the time and go gosh this has changed my life and I get so many amazing letters and emails and cards about just what uncompromised life has done for people which makes me obviously immensely happy absolutely so many things over here you said that you've seen many courses many good courses but sometimes they're very specific and there's an unsaid belief that you can't have it all you know you you can't have the cake and eat it too but you say that you can indeed have it all and you go one step ahead by saying that you can not only have it all but you can share it as well which i think is a beautiful thought in itself uh, now i wanted to ask you you have an extensive experience of nearly 30 years helping people from all walks of life get quick and lasting results weight loss overcoming phobias and addictions attaining goals and really transforming their lives but let's start with the basics uh, what prevents us from attaining 
what we want? Well, that's a fascinating question. I'm really glad you asked me that. What is it? We tend to have this belief that we're not enough. It's such an insidious mm. belief um, that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not successful. I'm not interesting enough. And so you may believe it is that you have a great book inside you that you want to write. But if you have that belief, that, well, who's going to read me? And what if it gets terrible reviews? What if nobody buys it? The what ifs will tend to hold you back. Um, there isn't a baby on the planet born who thinks, gosh, I'm really not good enough. You know, if you shut your baby in a cupboard, it will cry for hours because it's believers. Well, someone is going to come and feed right. me. If you pick up a little baby and, and look at a baby, they love attention. And when you go to a park or a swimming pool, you'll see little children go, look at me, mummy, watch me, look at me, watch what I'm doing. Because we're born actually loving attention. Our first experience on the planet, guess what, is being observed. The nurse, the doctors, the relatives come and look at you, they count your toes, they tickle your little tummy. Right. Our first experience on the planet is being looked at. And no baby looks away and goes, I've got a fat stomach or my diaper's full, I'm having a really bad hair day. You know, I used to take my little baby out, people would look, look in her stroll and go, oh my God, she's so adorable. And she would kick her little legs and give a big gummy smile. She never looked away and went, oh, I'm not feeling good about myself today. And the reason I'm sharing that is because this feeling of not being enough is acquired. Not one person is born with that ever. It's an acquired belief. And just as it's acquired, you can get rid of it. But the underlying thing that stops us having the success we would like to have in our career, in our relationship, even with ourselves, is Mm, I'm not really good enough. I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it. Even when I work with clients who have money blocks, and I work a lot with that, they're very rarely caused by money. They're caused by this belief that says, I'm not worth it. I'm mm. worth less. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned Interesting. it. Interesting. Well, if you look at some famous people like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Heath Ledger, Michael Jackson, yes. Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, there it is. Immense talent loved by so many people, but still held on to that belief, I'm not really worth it. I'm not really good enough. You only have to listen to Amy Winehouse's songs. I told you I was trouble. Yes. You know I'm no good. And she wrote those from the heart. She didn't write a single happy song because her belief was I'm no good. So there you go, Action Tribe. Babies have a strong self-image. They're confident, they're persistent, and they never give up. The feeling of not enough is acquired. So, Marissa, let's talk about the topic of goal setting and time management for a few minutes. Okay. These are practices that aren't new to the general population, and I'm sure you agree with that. But why is that that only 1% of the population, like you've suggested, maybe Olympians, business champions, and elite artists are able to attain extraordinary achievements so what sets these people up apart from, you know, general population? Well, you know, goal setting isn't taught. The very few schools that do teach goal setting say that not only do the students love it, they do so much better. Yeah. And you see very small children like goals. If when you tidy your bedroom, you can have an ice cream or when you've cleaned out the hamster's cage, we go to the park. So we do start, start off as parents giving our children goals. And on the whole, they tend to respond very well to them. You know, most parents, me included, had to star chart. So my daughter had to earn stuff. And she loved having that star chart. And it was very motivational for her. And I noticed with her that she wanted this particular toy. And I said, well, you can't just have it, but you can earn it. So when you've got 100 stars, we'll get it. So she worked for the 100 stars. We got the toy. You know, she never played with it. She actually had more fun earning the stars. That meant everything to her. And we just seem to slide with this ability to keep teaching goal setting, which is extraordinary because here's the fact. Your mind 
is a goal setting machine. Your mind loves goals. Without goals, you kind of drift and with them, you do really well. But it's simply that we're not taught enough how to do goals or even more importantly, we're not taught how vital they are. There's a technique for goal setting and you have to understand it. Got it. So I know that you we can speak for hours and hours about the right way to do goal setting. But, you know, in, in a few sentences, what is really missing with the traditional approach to goal setting? You know, that doesn't work. I think it's that we're very impatient. You know, nobody would go to the gym and go, I've done 600 sit-ups. Where is <laughs> my flat stomach? The thing with a right. goal is that you have to keep going. So it's no point saying I'm going to have a goal and I'm going to meditate every day. We do it for a week and then we just let it slide because there's so much yeah. going on in our life. Or I'm going to the gym every day. I got a Nutribullet and I Nutribullet every day for a month and now it's been in the cupboard for seven months. It's the inability to keep going. We, we seem to give up too quickly because we expect the reward to be almost immediate. I've done that goal. Where's my reward? And when the reward isn't forthcoming, we give up on the goal. And Tony Robbins said it very well. He said people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five years. When I see clients and they come in with, for instance, eczema or dermatitis, I don't say, look, you know, it's all gone now. I'm not some kind of minister that puts their hand on their head and goes, look, your skin is healed. I say, you have to listen to this recording for a while. The mind learns by repetition. You now Mm. have to, you know, take about three weeks before you see the changes. If we could see on the outside the changes going on on the inside, we'd stick with our goals. But because they're not always so visible... We don't mm-hmm. stick them. And that's because, and most people don't even know this, change happens in three ways. Okay. So some people have the best way, which is instant. I've done that goal. I'm juicing every day. I feel amazing. I've done that goal. I'm, I'm now speaking in public and I started it instantly. That's marvelous, yes. but that's not everyone. Other people have a goal that is the results what you call cumulative or progressive, and that they happen over time. You don't really notice them. Then all of a sudden you do. So it's a bit like learning a language. One day you notice you're dreaming in French, but you don't notice it happening. So if you, for instance, get a new phone or a new computer or a new car, you don't just switch from one system to the other it, it the mind learns by repetition so for every person who has the instant change here's the next one that has the cumulative change it kind of creeps up on you you don't see it going on and, and those people tend to give up with frustration because they can't see it until it suddenly yes. happens and then the third goal is is retroactive and that you don't even know you've changed until you look back. So when I was getting married, for instance, I was working out every day because I had a very unforgiving Mm -hmm. dress. And I couldn't really see the difference until I looked at my wedding pictures. I thought, wow, my arms look really good. I had those real weightlifters arms for a while. And I thought, gosh, it did work, but I couldn't see it. So you have instant change, cumulative change, retroactive, which means when you look back, you see the change. And we all have to account for lag time. So if you're doing goals, work out which category you are and then be nice to yourself. Understand that you may not see the change in the same way you don't see your baby go. People say, wow, your baby's changed so much. We don't see it when it's right in front of us, but other people do. That's so true. So Action Drive, I'm not sure if you caught this wonderful quote, but I'm going to repeat it anyways. People overestimate what they can do in one year and really underestimate what you can do in five years and change as we're learning happens in three ways. Sometimes you get immediate results. Sometimes it takes some time, 
the results are cumulative and sometimes it's retroactive change. So for example, Marissa, like I shared, I'm right now in India. I'm uh, based in uh, Canada, but I'm here in my former home. I opened my old cupboard and I noticed some diaries. And I, as I went to the diaries, I sort of go back in time, right? Two to three years, four years. And I noticed that what I wanted in those days, many of the goals I've already achieved. And I sort of didn't give myself like, you know, like a tap on the back. And I just assumed that those changes happened. But, you know, some changes, like you mentioned, is retroactive. You only uh, understand it once you look back in time to who you were, how you were feeling, and maybe the, the circle that you were in uh, that, that was, uh, you know, uh, leading to your growth or lack of growth, whatever it is. But love how you summarize the three types of change. And the bottom line action drive is that you must account for lag time. So Marissa, I love that a while back you spoke about the mind. And I've read somewhere that you say that the mind is multiple layers deep. Is that correct? No, what I say about the mind is you only need to know three things about it to get whatever you want out of life. And if you understand those three things and put them into practice, then you will win at life. Got it. Got it. So thanks a lot for that clarification. Uh, now, another question I had is when people want therapy, they're usually told that it might take some time, right? They might have to go in every week or multiple times a week, maybe for months together before they see results. But you're able to get results for your students and, and clients really fast. So how's your approach different from the traditional approach? Well, it's really based on the mind. So I understood very quickly in my practice when my teacher said, you know, the mind is very complicated and it takes a lifetime to understand it and another yeah. lifetime to master it. I'm thinking, well, how could that be? No one's got two lifetimes. Really? We Do you have a mind that's so bizarre that you go, yeah, on your deathbed, you can finally work it all out. That doesn't make sense to me. And then again, I, looking at my clients who are incredibly successful, but also had happiness and peace of mind, I was able to really yes. break down the three workings of the mind. And I'll tell you what they are. The first one is that your mind does absolutely what it truly thinks you want it to do if there's something in your life you haven't got your mind believes you don't want it and this comes back to the goal setting as well if you want success and visualize success and work at success while your mind believes oh no no having attention drawn to yourself is a terrible thing then it's never going to work. So if you imagine you're like a five-year-old kid and you're trying to read out loud in class and you get it wrong and everyone laughs at you, then your mind picks up a belief you do not want to draw attention to yourself. If your first boyfriend, girlfriend dumps you and humiliates you, then the belief is, "I, I never want to be in love again. I'd rather be my own for the rest of my life than ever go through that pain again. Of course, we forget, but our mind's job is not to make us happy, it's to make us survive. And in order to make us survive, our mind must remember what causes us pain and then try to make sure we don't go through that pain again, which is why you meet people who may be six foot four and 200 pounds, and I'm terrified of bees or birds or cats. Because when they were two, one of them scratched them or stung them. So you have to understand that if you haven't got what you want in life, your mind thinks you don't want it. And if you've got some things that you really don't want, like procrastination, being lazy, uh, sabotaging yourself, putting things off, your mind believes actually you do want those things. And so one of the things I do very quickly is to identify that. So I work a lot with women who can't get pregnant, even if they're paying, having mm-hmm. IVF. And I go back and have a look and they almost always say, oh, when I was 17, I thought I was pregnant. I was terrified it would have ruined my life. My dad would have killed me. My mom would have killed herself. I would 
have been kicked out of the house. And in that deep emotion, you can see what the mind's done. It's got a belief you do not want a baby. It would ruin your life. Now, the mind doesn't understand how to unravel that. And what I do so well is I tape people back to a scene and I say, this is where you got this belief. And then I unravel it. It's a bit like being a detective. You find out what's gone on in someone's past. And then like a great surgeon, you extract it. But you've got to understand. And so if you keep doing things you don't want to do and not doing the things you do want to do, ask your mind, why am I doing this? Why am I avoiding this? Why am I blocking this? And your mind will tell you. And then the second thing about the mind, which is so interesting and so easy, is it only responds to two things, the pictures you make in your head and the words you say to yourself. Now, that's fantastic news because you can change the pictures at any time. You can go, oh, my God, I've got to spend all weekend working on my website. That's so boring. All my friends are out. You can go, wow, I've got my own business. I've got the whole weekend to design a brilliant website that's going to yeah. make me even more <laughs> successful. You can choose. If someone's about to give you an injection, you can go, oh, my God, that's going to hurt. You can go, oh, it's going to take away all the pain. You can get on a plane and go, I think it's going to get blown up by terrorists. Or, oh, how lovely. I'm going to watch two films, read a book, sit in my chair, and I don't have to do anything. You can always choose the pictures in your head. And when I meet people who say things like, oh, this traffic is a nightmare. This commute is killing me. This freeway is hell. I'm like, you know, it really isn't. Hell is not having a car and no money to run one. The the traffic is just inconvenient. But when you start to say, oh, even that this the queue in this grocery store is is horrendous. It's a nightmare. It's hell. It becomes like that because your words become your reality. And having been to Zimbabwe and Cuba and parts of Jamaica and Mexico where people are really poor, I would never stand in Gelson's or Ralph's and go, this is hell. Because I think, wow, how lucky am I? I've got money to buy food for people who are coming to dinner with me that love me. I know that sounds very Pollyanna, but you've got to start taking control of your mind and realize that your problem is someone else's fantasy dream come true. Your kid keeps you up all night. Yes. You're lucky you've got a kid. Your partner drives you crazy. You've got a partner. <laughs> and so while my life is not perfect, it's pretty good because I don't allow myself. I think that's a luxury. Thing. This is a nightmare. This is a disaster. This is killing me. This is driving me insane. Yeah. Because if you go back to point one about your mind doing what it thinks you want, if you start to say, my boss is driving me mad. This client is killing me. This business is torture. Your mind's going to go, don't go. Let me give you an ulcer or make you so ill that you can't go to that place that's killing you because you're supposed to survive on the planet and when you use really negative language your body will eventually make you ill because it doesn't want you to go to the place that you are calling hell nightmare disaster torture i'm at my maximum bandwidth i'm dying under this paperwork none of that's even true so change the pictures If you look at a cake, I've eaten that cake, I gained five pounds. I knew it. I ate some fries and now I've got fat. You could look at it. You could eat fries and go, I've got such a great metabolism. I burn them all off. You have a choice. So the first two things about the mind are very Mm -hmm. easy. The third thing is a little more interesting, which is that your mind loves what is familiar. And if it had a choice... It prefers to avoid what is unfamiliar. You know, in our brains, we're really still tribal people. And in a tribe, you didn't wander off on your own for the whole day to another tribe because they might eat you. So we see with little children, they want the same cereal in the same bowl 
and the same beaker. They want the same bedtime story. You might have 20 different movies, but they want to watch the same one every day because familiar makes them feel incredibly safe. And and so as we go through life, we learn to like what's familiar. The amount of people I see are attracted to the same destructive partner over and over again because the mind wants what's familiar. But then you have to say to your mind, right. you know what, I'm going to make this unfamiliar. You can make Anything you like, unfamiliar, procrastinating, not believing in yourself, not praising yourself, make that unfamiliar and make the good stuff, applying yourself, being disciplined, familiar. In fact, if you want to really boost your self-esteem, here's something to do that's so easy. Make self-praise familiar and make self-criticism unfamiliar. Mm. You won't get it instantly. But if you start to go, I like myself, I'm a good person, I've got some great talents, I've got some interesting skills, if you keep saying that, your mind will let it in. Because another fascinating thing about the mind that is so true is this, your mind does not care if what you tell it is right or wrong, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, even true or false, it lets it in. So if you say, I've got a mind like a sieve, I forget everything, I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. You can make that real. And if you go, my memory's fantastic. Everything comes back mm. to me really quickly. I remember the stuff I need to remember. That's exactly what will happen too. It's a choice. So since you can choose what your mind believes, choose to make compliments familiar, praise familiar, and criticism unfamiliar, you can make anything you like familiar or unfamiliar. It's a choice. And you do have to work a little bit like goals. You have to apply yourself. You have to be persistent. Repetition is a skill that gets better with practice. But but learning to make praise and self-love familiar is one of the best things, the most rewarding things you could ever do for yourself. So start to do it now, this minute. Wonderful. So thanks a lot, Marissa. You're sharing with us so many golden nuggets of wisdom today. You mentioned that your mind, what it thinks you want, because our mind's job is to make us survive and avoid pain. The next thing, Action Tribe, the mind only responds to the pictures you create in your mind and the words you use. And the good news is that you can choose the pictures and the words. And finally, your mind loves everything that is familiar and it prefers to avoid what is familiar. But the bottom line is that you have the choice to create the pictures, to create the words, and to take action towards change. Now, Marissa, thousands of years ago, Aristotle once said, good habits formed at youth make all the difference, which I think is a great quote. But why do people have such a hard time letting go of habits that don't serve them? Often they manage to stop smoking, drinking, binge eating, only to get back into the same pattern again. Why is that? Well, it's It's that same thing about how the mind loves what is familiar Mm. and it does not like what is unfamiliar. We feel uncomfortable with unfamiliar. And so I've worked on many shows where we took people who were vastly overweight and we gave them a chef and we gave them a workout and we gave them a trainer. When we stopped filming, they'd they'd order pizza and an ice cream and go right back to what Mm. was familiar because it feels safe. You see, you have to understand that your primitive brain thinks that what is familiar is safe and what is unfamiliar is dangerous when that is absolutely not true. It was true. It was true for millions of years, but it's no longer true. And so now you have to say, okay... I live on pizza and fries. I'm going to make salad familiar. I'm going to make it familiar. I'm going to say I like salad. I want salad. I've chosen salad. 
And here's a few words that will help you to achieve any goal or make anything familiar. And they are very simple. I have chosen this and I've chosen to feel great. If you go, I've chosen to eat salad. I've chosen to eat fruit. I've chosen to work weekends on my business. I've chosen to give 100% mm. to my, my business. I've chosen to believe in myself, to praise myself. And I've chosen to feel great about it. What your mind does is goes, oh, you want this stuff? Great. When you go, oh, I've got to eat rabbit food and it's so boring. I've got to meet this client I can't bear. I've got to work all night on my speech and I don't want to. Your mind goes, you don't want to do that? Let me fill up your head with all kinds of things to distract you. Let me make you procrastinate. Let me give you the whole day to start tidying up your sock drawer. Because when you tell your mind you don't want to do it, it works to help you not do it. And when you go, I want it, want it, want it. I have chosen it, chosen, chosen. Your mind goes, okay, well, I'll give you even more energy. I'll set you on fire with enthusiasm. Mm. You know, if you were running a marathon, you would never go, gosh, this is boring. I've only done four miles, 21 to go. And I'm already bored out of my brain. You know you couldn't finish it. Athletes don't go, oh, I'm an Olympic athlete. I've got to train. Oh, I've got to stick to this <laughs> diet. They go, I am going to get a medal at the Olympics. I showed this is my lifetime's work. I want this so much. They get up at 5 a.m. in the pitch back. They don't put on their running shoes going, what a bitch this is. They go, I want it. I've chosen. Even if it's not true, I work with many Olympic athletes. And for them, a negative thought is a luxury they cannot afford. When they're getting up at 4 a.m. to go training in a cold swimming pool they don't go this isn't fair they say I'm an Olympic athlete this is what I do and in fact recently I saw one of my clients on television he was in a reality show with another right. client I won't mention his name and the other guy was about to quit and my client put his arm and he said we are athletes we don't quit we stick it out to the end because that's who we are and I was so proud of him because he took the other guy and said no 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 you're an athlete athletes don't quit you're not walking off this show but his words were very empowering because they sent a message to his right. brain you're an athlete you never quit you keep going when you're going through hell keep going and in fact the guy stayed and he went right to the end of that show because he had another athlete that showed him what an athlete is made of determination grit but it was mostly the words he used just you could stick this out. It's not difficult. It's irritating. It's a bit boring, but it's not difficult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that beautiful, beautiful explanation. Now, you often hypnotize your clients and students during a session, correct? Oh, yes. I hypnotize them all the time. Every session. I, I love hypnosis. It's the most powerful way of getting your mind to be your best friend. So what's happening in a person's mind when he or she is in a hypnotic trance? Okay, one of the things that happens is that we have a critical factor in our brain or a critical faculty. And if I said to you, okay, look, tomorrow you're going to go and stand on stage and speak to 5,000 people, I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, I, that's awful. What if I don't know what, what if I have my mouth and go, uh, 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 and I go bright red? In hypnosis, the part of your mind that says, mm, I don't know if I'm going to like that, actually shuts down. And another part of the mind goes, oh, yay, I can do that. And you start to excite the imagination. So the big difference between being hypnotized and not is that your mind starts to accept suggestions it might reject. It gets excited and turned on by ideas that may have previously scared you. I mean, even something as simple, I've had people who failed seven driving tests 
because they say, oh, I can't right. do it. And when that examiner looks at me, I get really uncomfortable. And now my mind's gone completely blank. And I don't even know what a three-point turn is or how to do reverse parking. In hypnosis, when you go, you're so amazing at this test. When you sit in the seat, you know what to do. And your mind is so clear. And you reverse park like a dream. You do a three-point turn like a professional driver. And the examiner is so impressed with you. And they see instantly that you can drive. And you hear the words yes. you have passed your test. You see, when you fill up the mind with those pictures, one of the rules of the mind is it cannot hold conflicting beliefs. So I give my clients a recording. I say, play that every day until you take the test. Fill your head up with that vision. Because when that vision mm. is in your mind, you can't have the other vision of fluffing it and, and getting it wrong and not doing an emergency stop because you're focusing on what you can do. And I, I, I mean, I work a lot with athletes and I learned from them too how they fill up their mind. I'm sure you know the story about Roger Bannister, don't you? And in case your audience don't, let me tell you. So in 1957, I believe it was 1957, Roger Bannister wanted to run a mile in under four minutes. And they said, that's not possible. No human can do that. It's never been done. And you can't run that fast. So what he did, he's broke that down. And he broke it down into three, What I think it was 320, 39 seconds. And he constantly right. saw himself going through that ticker tape, breaking the tape at 339 seconds. He saw himself creating a world record. And of course, he did it, which is good news in itself. But what was so interesting was that same year, I think 10 more people broke that record. And yeah. the next year, 37 people ran a mile in under four minutes. In the 1984 Olympics, Mark Spitz, who was an American swimmer, I think he got eight gold medals. He certainly got eight medals. Some of them may have been silver, but he was Robocop. He broke every record. He was a hero. And now, guess what? You can't get into the Olympic swimming team, swimming at the speed that he saw when he broke that world record. Because when your mind expands, it never goes back. When you reach a potential, you don't go back yes. because your potential expands as you move towards it. You cannot possibly know what your potential is because as you move towards it, it expands. And once your mind expands, it doesn't go back. And so when we look at some of the records that were broken in with athletes, we say, wow, that was amazing in 1980. And now it's just accepted. It's just normal because our brains, yeah. we don't even know what they're capable of. But you are capable of greatness and change. But the thing with your brain is your brain should be your best friend. It should be your cheerleader. It should be cheering you and be going, oh, yay, great job. You're amazing. Yeah. It should be your best PA. It should be your ally. It should be all of those things. If it's your critic and it goes, oh, you're such a loser. Why did you do mm -hmm. that? You're never going to succeed. You need to fire it or retrain it because that's not your brain's job to criticize you and diminish you. Your brain's job is to cheer you on and go, you're amazing. You've got a gift. You're here for a reason. You've got something so valuable to contribute. And if it's not doing it, that's because you are not showing it what you want. So tell your brain, I want you to be my cheerleader. I want you to fill me up with self-belief. And no, no criticism. That that job is gone. That's, that's a redundant job. That doesn't exist. And if you hear yourself saying, oh, 
I did that wrong, just go, doesn't matter. I learned something and that's increased my education and I'm going to do better. So Action Tribe, your brain is your friend and your cheerleader. So Marissa, as we speak, I'm sure many of our listeners listening to the show right now may feel like hypnotherapy is made for them. So how does a person go about becoming a hypnotherapist? What's the process like? Well, if you want to be a phenomenal hypnotherapist, then I would recommend you take my training because we don't train you to be a hypnotherapist. We train you to be the most phenomenal, outstanding therapist. In fact, I call my training rapid transformational therapy because it's so extraordinary. One of my clients who came in from Australia was telling me that she trained in my method. She had no background at all, went back to Australia and went to work in the clinic where she was originally being treated for depression. And her own therapist mm-hmm. said, I don't understand. You're getting better results than me. But of course, she understands what I teach all my clients, the three things about the brain and this belief that we're not enough. So when people come in with depression or panic attacks or a nervous stomach, I don't treat that. I treat the belief behind it every habit of action is run by a habit of thought. I don't treat alcoholism. I treat the feeling that makes people drink too much. And when you treat that and remove it, you've really cured everything in one fell swoop. So if you want to know about rapid transformational therapy, you can simply Google it, rapid transformational therapy. It's my method or rapidtransformationaltherapy.com. And we have live schools and we're really changing people's lives all over the world. But we also have online training. You can take the whole course online. You are certified. Uh, you're able to practice. And we've people think that we just train people already, therapists. In fact, we do train doctors, nurses, mental health, even psychiatrists. Mm. And many of them have said, gosh, that's why I was teaching at the Royal School of Medicine, because I'm showing them how to get better results. And we train existing therapists way better. But we also train, we've had policemen, firemen, pilots, city workers, personal trainers, beauticians come on our course and totally change their lives. Because when you change other people's lives, you really can't help but change your own. And the wonderful thing about the therapy that I teach and that my students do is that you make a difference. You make an impact. When one person breathes easier on the planet because of you, your life has so much meaning. And when you do the therapy Mm -hmm. we do and change people, your life has meaning and purpose. And that's a wonderful thing to wake up every day with meaning and purpose. That's why I love what I do and do what I love. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm teaching other people to love what they do. And in fact, only yesterday, one of my grads put a post up on Facebook saying, when you do what you love, it just doesn't feel like work. And so, you know, this RTT has changed my entire life and I love every minute of it. Beautiful. Now, Marissa, let's go back in time now to the day you encountered hypnotherapy for the very first time. How did you hear about it and what was your reaction like? Well, I was originally going to be a child psychologist, but I found that very Mm. vexing because I had three patients, mom, dad, child, and it was hard to make a difference. I was also very young. I was like in my 20s in a deprived part of England, and it was actually a bit depressing. So I left there and I actually went to California and was teaching aerobics for Jane Fonda, which was infinitely better. But while teaching aerobics for Jane Fonda, I noticed how many girls were anorexic or bulimic 
or were exercise mm-hmm. composite or had body dysmorphia. And I have to say, quite a lot of men too were body dysmorphic and compulsive exercises. And so I knew there must be a better way. And I was very lucky that I found this amazing hypnotist called Gil Boyne, who is just a genius. And he trained me. And after he taught me what he knew, I went back to the Jane Fonda studio and took all the girls straight out of my classes that were bulimic or anorexic and began to work with them. And it was it was amazing. Gil always said I was his protege and that I'd he wrote me a lovely uh, testimony saying I changed the face of hypnosis, made it something better than it had ever been. And I'd had such an impact in the field. And and then people would ring me up and go, look, I know you're the girl that works with eating disorders. I've got a fear of bees or a phobia, that, but I just want to come to you because you get results. And so eventually I stopped specializing because it was so much more interesting. And I was working with people with every kind of phobia, fear, addiction. And then I actually got to work on lots of television shows, both behind the camera and in front of it. And then I wrote some books and my life has just hypnosis has given me the most extraordinary life. I was told I could never have children and I used hypnosis to overcome that. And even when I was pregnant, I was told, look, you know, your baby's going to have everything wrong with it. If you even manage to go through the pregnancy, my baby was born absolutely perfect, still is. And when I realized the power of the mind, I thought, gosh, I've got to do this for more people. So instead of just doing it with my clients, which is somewhat limiting, I started to train other people and but it's all because of my um meeting the wonderful late Gil Boyne who was the most wonderful man and then I met other people I met David Viscott I met Tony Robbins who is just such a lovely lovely man I met all these amazing people who are changing the way we we right. act and decided to join them and here I am awesome so for someone listening to the show right now who can't wait to begin the transformation is there a simple action step that you can give us right away yeah, yeah I would say go through your entire house and write I'm enough write it on your mirror write it on your uh, phone wallpaper set off your phone alert so at eight o'clock every morning and night, it says, I'm enough. Go to YouTube and I have a, it's only a 20, maybe a 30 minute talk. And it's all about, I am enough. Just put in Marissa Peer, I'm enough. It will come up. You see, underlying so many of our problems is this insidious lie. I'm not enough. And it simply isn't true. And yet so many of us believe it. And the media and Mm -hmm. magazines don't help because they'd have you believe that you're enough if you look perfect and have all the right stuff. And yet I meet multimillionaires who do look perfect and have all the right stuff and are suicidal. And I meet people who in Africa with very little who are happy. So the one thing you can do is to say, I am enough. Say it every day. Say it like you mean it. Of course, you might have gone, no, you're not enough because you're not a size two or you haven't got a, a status car or you're sharing a crappy apartment. Just go, yeah, that's all true and I'm still enough. And what your mind will do is it will go, wow. Because you say this all the time, it must be true. And then you begin to feel it. And then when you know that you're enough, everybody around will know that you're enough. Your boss, your partner, your colleagues, your family. Telling yourself that you're enough, I promise you, I guarantee it will change your entire life. And it's so simple. It should be taught in Mm -hmm. schools. I'm actually just making a program now for schools and one for prisons based on that. That, you know, because here's one of my, we started this session with a quote from Dr. Maudsley, but here's something that I made up. 
and it actually gets requoted a lot, and it's true, and it says, belief without talent will take you way further than talent without belief, but when you have both, you are unstoppable. And if you break mm. that down, it means if you believe in you, other people believe in you. We all watch X Factor and reality TV, and people see people with sometimes not much talent, but the most phenomenal yeah. self-belief, and they make it. Then we see other people who've got so much talent, no self-belief, and they don't make it. But when you have both, you will be on fire. And you can have both. Talent, marry it to self-belief, and and off you go in the world and make a mark. Because every single one of us is born with a gift for something. Nature would never put people on the planet that were talentless. But of course, it also has to make sure we don't all have the same talent. What's the point of that? But you have a talent, and if you marry that to self-belief, you can go anywhere, do anything. Because the top 20% in every classification, every field, are never, ever unemployed. They're never without work. They're never without money. But it isn't enough to have talent. You must have self-belief. That will take you further than talent. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 200. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 200. Keep your face always towards the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you this is an amazing quote by walt whitman action tribe there is a lot of truth in this one even if you forget some part of what you've listened to today remember this one truth no matter what you're going through right now make sure you're focusing on the right things the right people and the right outcomes because as we're learning today Focus determines outcome. If you focus on the darkness, you will lose energy and you won't be able to move past your current situation. On the other hand, if you focus on what is possible, you will feel empowered and energetic deep within. So no matter what, always face the sunshine. Marissa, talk to us about a time in your life when you experienced a major life challenge. How did you get into that situation? And then what steps did you take to overcome that challenge well actually what you were just saying then is very interesting turn your face to the sun i would say you know when we're talking about self-belief when no one is believing in you Mm -hmm. you must believe in you you know that's that's the start we spent so long trying to make a boy a cute boy or a nice girl believe in us we spent so long trying to make our parents or our boss believe in us stop all of that and you believe in you because for me that was the day my life changed you know when I was at school I thought I was hideously ugly I thought I was pretty stupid I was going to be a nanny because that's all I thought I could ever be and um I only had one person who believed in me, and that was my grandmother. She always thought I was a genius, but she was all I had. But you only need one person. And then I got kicked out of college. So, you know, my life wasn't going amazingly well. But then I just decided to believe in me. I started to tell myself amazing things. I don't even know, you know, how long. That didn't take very long. I remember going back to one of my school reunions and all my classes going, wow, you're so different. What mm. what have you done? I'm thinking, well, it's not what I've done. It's now who I am. Because you start saying, I can do this. And I, I do remember some years ago, a magazine had contacted me and said, could you make a personal development audio? We want to give it away 
and we want to sell it in this magazine. And so I had to go off and meet them at their very prestigious office. And I was a bit nervous. And I was a single parent. And my daughter had this song, Cinderella. Mm. And I remember that the mice were singing to Zuri, you can do it, you can do it, you can really, really do it. Because, of course, if any of you have watched Cinderella, she's trying to get the key to get out to go to the ball. And the mice are singing, you can do it. And so all the way on the train to that magazine, as I walked over, I was singing, you can do it, you can do it, you can really, really do it. And I walked in there and I signed the deal and it was so easy. And I realized then that if you sing a little ditty to yourself, what happens is, you know, I said before, the mind cannot hold conflicting beliefs. And I began to do that all the time. And there was a great song from Dirty Dancing called I'm Having the Time of My Life. So if I had to go on live television, I wouldn't go, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. Oh, my God, I'd sing that song. When I go on stage, I usually hum that song, This Girl Is On Fire, or that song from um, Sia, I Am Titanium, because it fills your head up with a message. You can do it. And I've sat in many, many green rooms waiting to go on to a live TV show with another guest whose makeup is sliding off their face because they go, oh, my God, this is a nightmare. Oh, my God, this is terrifying. I'm now about to go on stage. I'm like, I remember sitting once in a green room and I had a book and another had a book and we're both going on Mm -hmm. to a live TV show to talk about a book. And as the makeup I put on my makeup, then his, his just kept sliding off because he was sweating. This is terrifying. And I started to say to me, it's not terrifying. This is a gift. You're going on television with an audience to sell your book. In the yeah. end, he wouldn't go. I, luckily for me and awfully for him, they said, could you do his slot and yours? Because he's just backed out. But I then understood with him what he was doing. He was using words, terror, nightmare, disaster. I'm dying of fright, which isn't true. And so I would always sing a little song, This Girl Is On Fire, I'm Having The Time Of My Life, that song, It's Such A Perfect Day. You know, when you look at boxers going into the ring, one of them, he goes into the ring to that song by Tina Turner, You're Simply The Best, Mm. You're Better Than All The Rest. When Obama was being voted in, he had that song, A Change Is Gonna Come, because words send a message to us and songs are so effective, which is why they use so much at political rallies. So find a little song, change the lyrics, sing it to yourself, and you'll be amazing. You know, when I was coming to America to work on this TV show, every day my producer would go, oh my God, mm-hmm. what if you can't get a green card? What if it all goes wrong? What if you can't get a visa? And he was living in permanent terror. And I used to sing that song to myself from West Side Story. I'm going to go to America. Everything's cool in America. Going to get my visa to work in America. And the minute I had him on the phone almost freaking out, I'd sing this song. I'm going to get my visa to work in America. When I went to get it, having him say to me, it's going to take hours, I walked in and they went, oh, you're very successful. Come to America. They stamped it in about 30 seconds. They were so nice. But I knew that was because I had that air. I didn't fall apart. I was really confident. That certainly isn't how I was born, but it's how I became. And a lot of that is due to just singing a little song to myself. So even if I have, you know, I've had a couple of health issues, which I don't need to go into, but they were quite major. When I had to have the procedures, I always sang a song in my head. In fact, I used to sing that song by the Black Eyed Peas, Let's Get It Started. Because it made my mind just race through the procedure. I, I didn't have anesthetics. 
but I'd sing that song and my brain figured I must love it because I'm singing that song by the Black Eyed Peas, which is a great song. If you can't get down to work, put it on your alarm clock, put it on as you're about to do your taxes and it fires you up with enthusiasm because, of course, the mind, while it's hearing those words, let's get it started in here, let's get it started in here. When your mind is hearing that, it can't hear oh, I'd rather do anything than do my taxes, my accounts, my filing. It believes you want it. So you can confuse your mind. Again, it all comes back to those three things. Your mind does what it thinks you want it to do. It responds to the pictures and words in your head. It likes what is familiar. So play songs that make applying yourself committing yourself and believing in yourself really, really familiar. So Marissa, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners from your story? I would like to share something. I read Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali was reading his book and he said, you know what? I told myself I was the greatest before I even was. And then guess what happened? Mm. I became the greatest. What a concept. I told myself I was the greatest when I wasn't. And then I watched myself become the greatest. And there's a choice. You could have said, I'm not the greatest. I'm amongst the greatest. I'm the second greatest. I'm near the greatest. But he didn't. He said, I am the greatest. Not only did he believe it, his opponents believed it. Everyone believed it. It wasn't even true at the time. Make a choice and tell yourself that you're the best in your field, that you're gifted and wonderful. Just tell yourself that you're a wonderful human being, that people like you, that you're lovable and kind and fun and interesting and great company. And all of that will become true. So thanks for sharing your personal story with us, Marissa. You said that when you were in school, you had challenges in terms of your self-belief, but you knew that you had your nanny who always believed in you. You got kicked out of college at a certain point, but you always had that deep-rooted belief in yourself. And after many years, people asked you what you did through the years. You remarked that it's not about what you did, but who you became. And even when you were a bit nervous at a later stage, when you were going for a meeting, you remembered a children's song and that really changed your state and also your mind. So Action Tribe, you can do it. You can do it. You can really do it. Thanks a lot for sharing that, Marissa. You're so welcome. So Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As you return to your day-to-day life, remember that you've already begun your amazing adventure. You are the hero of your own adventure and your goal is to find your life's purpose. What are you here on this earth for? And while that might not be such an easy question to answer, remember to take baby steps each and every day. Make sure you take out the time to think about stuff that you're passionate about. Go back to your childhood days. What activities or experiences made your heart happy in those days when you were really confident, really determined, uh, really enthusiastic and write down whatever comes to your mind with every step you take. You are getting closer and closer to finding your purpose. And as Steve Godia once said, not every Everybody can identify a purpose in life, but when you do and when you pursue it, you will be living the kind of life you feel you were meant to live. And what's more, you will be happy. So Marissa, as on today, what is your life's calling? My life's calling is very simple. You know, we all want to change the world, but that's a big ask. I just change people, one heart, one soul at a time. I make people know that they're enough. I have it written all over my house. Every cable guy that comes to my house, every repairman, every delivery man that's in my house always says, why is that there? And I always say, well, that's my mission in life to make people believe that they're enough. 
And they tend to come back and go, well, you know, I went home and I wrote that on my mirror. And in fact, my cable guy told me, I, no, it was my plumber told me I changed his entire life because he wrote that on his mirror. He said it had such a dramatic effect mm. on his child and on his wife. And so my mission is to make people know with unshakable conviction that they are enough. Because if a mother knows she's enough, she helps her children know they're enough. If a teacher knows she's enough, that impacts her class. If a boss knows he's enough, it impacts his employer. So I don't try to change the world. I succeed in changing people. And it makes me feel so wonderful. I know that's why I'm on the planet. It makes me feel phenomenal. It gives me infinite happiness. And, you know, happiness is not a destination. There's no terminus called happiness. It's where you are mm -hmm. now. Um, you talked a minute ago about happiness. If you want to be happy, what I advise is, you know, every time when I have my morning tea, I go, oh, I love this tea and it's so great. And when I get up, I love my sheets. Mm. I love my bed. I get in a shower and I always pick shower gel that I love the smell of. And if you train your brain to find pleasure in little things, your shower gel, your morning tea and savor it, when big things come along, well, wow, you just will feel like it's July the 4th every day. So instead of waiting to be happy, you've got to choose happiness. Choose to find it all over the place. And then the more you find it, the more you'll find it because you're living in happiness. It's not a destination. It's a journey. You don't arrive at happiness. You have to be there now. And you can choose happiness all the time. You can choose unhappiness, too. But since you get to choose, you might as well choose yeah. the one that makes you feel good. Now, this is one of the most popular questions on our show. Our listeners really love it. But was there ever a defining moment in your life that really changed things for you? Maybe a phrase that you read or an interaction that you had. Was there ever a defining moment that changed things for you? Actually, you know what I think there was? When I was at school, I was reading Tess of the D'Urbervilles by Thomas Hardy, and I loved that book. And he described Tess, and he said her eyes were neither blue nor brown nor green, and her face was uneven, and these imperfections mm -hmm. made her perfect. And that made me understand that you should never try to be perfect, because when you try to be perfect, you've entered a race with absolutely no finishing line. As you get close, it moves. But when you look for when you realize that we're all flawed people having relationships with flawed people and start to accept the flaws and even love them. So, you know, you, you like the pet in the pet shop that's got a wonky grin or a little gummy smile or a funny mm -hmm. little wonky ear. You know, when, when your children start to speak and they say things like my daughter would say, she couldn't, she'd say mice, she couldn't say mouse and she pronounced words wrong. And I love that, you know. It, we find people who, who are French trying to speak English very, very enchanting. So our imperfections should be embraced, not tried. Don't try to be perfect. Just be happy. So that really made me understand that our imperfections make us much more interesting. And then I read um, something by David Viscott, and he said the basis of all friendship is that we choose people who share our vulnerabilities. And I thought then, well, that's mm. interesting, isn't it? Because... People who hide their vulnerabilities and try to be perfect are usually incredibly lonely. So I stopped pretending to be perfect, which I could never succeed at, and just decided to accept who I am and like who I am. And that was a real light bulb moment for me. The, a lot of stuff that I read in books really changed my life. So well said, and thanks a lot for sharing that. And with that, we've come to the last round for today, which is called the Wisdom Round.
My first question is, Marissa, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Be yourself. I don't know if you saw that wonderful um, documentary with Amy Winehouse where everybody was pushing her and pushing her. And the only person Mm -hmm. who really gave her the right advice was Tony Bennett when he said, you've got a beautiful voice. Just take some time out to be you. Unfortunately, she didn't. You know, be yourself, like yourself. People like you to the degree that you like you. We spend so much time trying trying to make people like us. And when Mm -hmm. all we have to do is like ourselves, it's not arrogant. I don't run around going, yay, hey, I'm the best thing in the world. I have plenty of flaws, believe you me. But I do like myself and I like other people. And people can't like you when you actively dislike yourself, when you like yourself. You see, confidence is incredibly reassuring. It's quite sexy, too. I mean, being on a flight once, and it was terrible turbulence. The pilot was so confident. He said, oh, don't worry about this. I do this flight every week. It's just turbulence. I'm so skilled. I'll get you through this in no time. And we didn't go, wow, what an arrogant pilot. We went, yay. Oh, how lucky are we that we've got the best pilot, the most skilled pilot. It's going to get us through this in 10 minutes. When I, my partner was very sick and I took him to see a doctor, I liked the fact that he said, I am the best doctor. When I was ill, I loved the fact that I found an incredible doctor who said, oh, you're in great hands and you're going to be fine and, you know, you found the best person. I didn't go, well, I don't like you. I got out my checkbook because she was the best. And we love the best. So don't be scared of being the best. Remember, people like it. It makes them feel confident. And when you're good, you make them feel good about themselves too. So don't hide your light. Turn it up. Name a personal habit that keeps you going. A personal habit. Self-praise. Absolutely self-praise. I say nice things to myself all the time. I don't always go to the gym much as I'd like to, but I look in the mirror and go, hey, you're doing a great job. So, you know, some habits are hard, like going to the gym, going for a run, juicing. But I I praise myself and I tell my body I love it every day. And the more I love it, the more lovable it becomes to me. I never go, oh, I hate my legs. Oh, look at this cellulite here. Oh, look, this skin's gone a bit crepey. I say, I love you. Thank you for doing a great job. And the more I love my body, the the better it is. And I notice the more I used to criticize it, the worse it was. So what is your morning routine like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? Um, I drink water because that's so important. So my first thing I do is drink water. My second thing I do is to say, oh, I love this water. I love this bed. I love this tea. Um, (laughs) My third thing I do is to open up my computer and I answer all my emails sitting in bed in the morning because it doesn't feel like work. So I go onto Facebook and reply to people. And a lot of people think that's a bit odd that the first thing I do is that. But one of the marks of very, very successful people is to do what they don't want to do first. And actually, I rather like it. Other people go, wow, you spent, as soon as you wake up, you're on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, but I like yeah. it. I like interacting with my audience. I like answering their questions. And and then I've got that done and then I can go to the gym or do stuff knowing that I have got the stuff I needed to do done because one of the habits of very successful people is they do what they don't want to do first. And if that's not in your nature but you do it, you can actually wire it in and that's what I've done. So I'm I always answer emails and Facebook first. If I've got something to do like write an article, I tend to do it first. Because it makes me feel good. 
Name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. Sure, I'm going to recommend my, my own book because I'm a great believer if you don't praise yourself, no one else will. Um, I have a book called Ultimate Confidence and it's how to feel great about yourself every day. And although it is my own book, I based it on all the techniques I saw that made a phenomenal difference to people's lives. And in fact, that book went into the Korean school system. Somebody wrote to me wow. from Korea and this lovely man, he said, I he said, I wanted to die. I read your book. He goes, and now I fly. I thought that was so beautiful. And a lot of people have written to me and said, you know, your book was the thing. In fact, a girl wrote to me and said, your book was the step I took to go into a store to ask for a job. Your book got me that job. Your book was the next step I took to ask a guy I like to have coffee with me. And now we're dating. We're going to get married. Should Everything I have is because of that book. So although I am banging my own drum here, if you want to change your life, be happy, be successful, be confident, ultimate confidence tells you how to do it. And it doesn't just tell you it shows you and it has four free audios in the back how to speak in public how to have a beautiful relationship how to be confident and i think you can buy it on amazon for like eight dollars but it's called ultimate confidence and it's a really good book even though i wrote it awesome we'll have that link up in the show notes action tribe to access the show notes for today's episode visit my seven chakras.com forward slash two zero zero that's my seven chakras.com forward slash two double zero so Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure interacting with you, asking you these questions. And I'm sure that our listeners would totally love the wisdom and stories that you shared. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and tell us how we can find you online. Well, I'm very grateful for my husband and my daughter. You know, I did everything the wrong way around. I said I could never have children. So I became a single parent. I got married when I was 50. Um... And, you know, there's a great saying that says it doesn't matter how long it takes you to climb a mountain because when you get to the top, the view is the same. And I think that, yeah, I took that mountain the wrong way around. I, I wasn't blissfully happily married with a husband and child in my 30s. Um, I was building a phenomenal business, but now I'm blissfully happily married. I have a wonderful child. I have beautiful stepchildren. I get to travel all over the world meeting people, teaching people. But that wasn't my life in my 20s. It, it started to be my life in my 30s. But at now I'm happier than I've ever been in my whole life. And people have this belief that, you know, your school days are the best days of your life. It's like, no, nature would never be so silly as to go, let's make yeah. the first bit the best bit, and then it's all downhill. Life gets better and better and better no matter where you are. You know, I was very lonely as a single parent. I wasn't unhappy, but I was lonely. And now I'm so blissfully happy that I can almost hardly remember what that was like. But I know it was real because when you move on, you do forget about being lonely or sad or rejected. And, you know, it, it no longer hurts you. We've all gone through pain and rejection from I've been fired from jobs and dumped by people. But it doesn't matter you can find happiness. You just got to keep going and believe it's available because it really is. And how do we find you online? Oh, I'm very lucky that my parents gave me such an unusual name, Marissa Peer. So if you go to marissapeer.com, it's M-A-R-I-S-A-P-E-R, marissapeer.com. You can find me. We're always giving away stuff. I know we're giving away a wonderful program to you today, but we constantly give away recordings and downloads and if you want to hear about my training, go to rapid 
transformationaltherapy.com. But you can also go to YouTube. I've got lots of talks on there, including some TED Talks. They're all free. And um, you can find me. And hopefully I can find you. Wonderful. We'll have both these links up in the show notes. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of the mind and hypnotherapy and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. You're very welcome indeed. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.